Welcome back to NL Newsday. Yesterday, of course, was a city council day, so that means today, to follow it up, I'm joined on the line by the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you today? Very good, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the time, as always. So I wanted to start uh, on a bit of a somber note, but uh, Catherine McParland, the head of Away Home Kamloops, a huge advocate for improvements when it comes to youth homelessness in our community, our province, our country. She passed away on the weekend. A a huge loss, I think, for our community and something you felt the need to acknowledge yesterday. So my first question was just what, what does she mean to Kamloops and to yourself here, Ken, as well? Yeah, uh, Catherine was just a, a passionate and tireless advocate for youth uh, homelessness, and in particular, uh, she had a, a lived experience that you know gave her a perspective on uh, some of the issues in transition for youth that uh, was very, very unique. And uh, so she brought that perspective to uh, government at all levels. Uh, and uh, I think you've seen from the uh, outpouring of uh, sympathy uh, to the away home family that, uh, you know, we're really going to miss her and her advocacy in the community. It's a pretty fitting transition. You talked about some of the the concerns that she dealt with, and and one of the things that uh, you know was was a part of her work was dealing with with the opioid crisis in some capacity. Councillor Bill Sarai he put forward a motion asking the the federal government to declare the overdose crisis a national public health emergency and create a Canada wide overdose action plan, which would include consideration of decriminalization of possession of illicit drugs. It comes in the wake of a similar call from I believe it was in Vancouver Council earlier this year. You unsurprisingly supported this motion so just wanted to get your thoughts why do you think this is a good idea and what kind of difference do you think having something like this set up could have in dealing with the overdose crisis yeah, Kathy uh, Sinclair and uh, Councillor Bass and Councillor Hunter put forward a notice of motion uh, yesterday that will deal with a, a number of things. One is uh, the declaration of a uh, federal public health emergency in relation to the opioid crisis in Canada, similar to what's happened in British Columbia. The other one is the decriminalization of personal possession of uh, uh, opioids, and and then uh, thirdly uh, issues related to a safe supply. And so, you know, I I think uh, that really encompasses a lot of the conversation that, you know, we have been having with local government that, you know, really what we're doing now is not working. And and, uh, you see in Kamloops and you see in other communities of this size, uh, you know, a real toll and a scourge uh, caused by opioid use in in, uh, our community and elsewhere, and that we need to be uh, innovative and, and we need to look at best practice and in particular, uh, best practices from Europe would indicate that, uh, you know, some of these things are are, uh, better than the uh, way that we have been trying to tackle this thus far. And and you and I have had conversations about the overdose crisis on on numerous occasions. You know, you've advocated at, uh, uh, you know, municipal conventions, things like um, the the Union of BC Municipalities. We've also know that, like you mentioned, BC has declared this an emergency here provincially. Do you think there's enough attention being paid to this issue on a national scale? And, 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 you know, should this be a step that would be taken that would kind of indicate that, yes, it is being taken seriously by our federal government? 
Well, you know, it's a a serious problem in B.C., and it was really identified in British Columbia first. But uh, I think as you start to look at the epidemiology, uh, it's uh, a problem that's uh, sweeping uh, the country. And, uh, you know, I think other governments are sort of waking up to that. And, and, uh, you know, if this could be recognized by the federal government, I think that uh, a lot of the issues that are actually uh, embedded in the Criminal Code of Canada could really be addressed at that level. There was a long discussion yesterday uh, about bylaw uh, and a new way. I understand that bylaw officers could actually go about giving out tickets. There seemed to be some confusion around the council table about the change and, and what is actually different here. You tried to explain it, and I was wondering if you could try to explain it again to me since I myself am still a little bit miffed here about kind of what, what the change that is being looked at here actually is. Yes, uh, it's the MTI, the uh, Municipal uh, Ticketing Information System. And, uh, you know, we have been issuing uh, tickets for bylaw infractions for a long, long time. What we talked about yesterday was just a more streamlined way of uh, doing that and administering uh, when people don't pay those tickets. And so uh, that was what was proposed by uh, Tammy Blundell, our our manager uh, of uh, the uh, bylaws program. And uh, the council had a debate, uh, you know, about that. Uh, There's a number of different uh, approaches that we use in terms of gaining compliance. But, you know, it really needs to be stated. We're not in the business of collecting money off tickets. What we really want to do across the entire system is gain compliance with the rules. So whether it's a noise bylaw problem or a parking bylaw or a dog bylaw or any of those things, uh, we really want to see uh, people complying with the law. And that's what we look for. So we have a progressive enforcement approach to that. And, and we start, uh, you know, generally on the, the softer end in terms of talking to uh, people about uh, the particular information and then we move to uh, ticketing and eventually we can move to, uh, you know, more strict means and including long form prosecution. So, you know, all of those are are come with costs. And what we're proposing is to gain some efficiencies in terms of the administration of municipal tickets. Council moving forward on some step code requirements. I won't get into the details on exactly what it is, but essentially the motion approved uh, by council last night was to require all eligible part three buildings in the city to adhere to new code, uh, which would represent a 20% improvement in energy efficiency over current building requirements. So without getting into the specifics, just we'll focus on the 20% improvement in energy efficiency. Um, clearly, this is something that you know the city feels the need to start implementing as a requirement um, in, in new builds. Why do you think it's something that needs to be really put into the actual bylaws within our city to make sure these are being complied with? Like, is there concern that if, if it's not a, a have to do, then, then people won't do it? Well, you know, that that's part of it. But, you know, I, I think we're just trying to nudge the process along. The province of British Columbia has uh, mandated, uh, you know, that this will be uh, the law in the province uh, for both residential and commercial buildings. And what we've done is put some time frames around that. Uh, the interesting thing is that, you know, I, I think everybody kind of gets it, that uh, more energy efficient buildings uh, are uh, going to be better in the long term, uh, but they're more expensive to build. So, you know, you see the the uh, often the issue with developers uh, that are only in it to build it and sell it to saying hey this is going to increase my costs and reduce my profitability right. whereas the people who own the building are going to say hey this is going to be cheaper for me to operate uh, in the long haul uh, so i think it's 
trying to get everybody on the same page that this is a, a good thing, uh, you know, not only for the developer and the user, but also the environment. Yeah, probably a, a important factor, too, as we try to uh, limit our emissions as well. This would be one, one step in helping that process. You know, especially our emissions, the greenhouse gas uh, emissions related to both heating and cooling of buildings uh, in Kamloops are astonishing. And so, you know, we have to, you know, look at, at where our biggest sources are and start to deal with those. And this will deal with new builds, uh, but we still have the issue of retrofitting existing buildings. I think that's all I have for questions on council specifically here, Ken, but I did uh, wanted to change gears just uh, briefly while I have you. The Ajax mine, uh, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts given that the company has apparently hired a supervisor. They now have an office downtown. Um, the project, of course, was beaten by provincial and federal governments. Even local government here voted against it. Um, but they're back three years later. Uh, are you reading anything into it, especially given that uh, the city has recently approved a new development that would be even closer to that mine at this time? Yeah, well, you know, I think we have to clear up a misunderstanding. They've never left. Uh, they are required under the Mines Act to uh, have a presence uh, here and uh, to be monitoring the excavation and the dewatering and the reclamation from the mine that existed there uh, many years ago. So they always have to have a presence. That can't be an abandoned site. So uh, they did have a large uh, presence on, on Seymour Avenue uh, when they were uh, first here and talking about expansion and, and uh, the mine, and, and now I understand they've moved to a smaller presence on uh, Victoria Street. But uh, we have heard nothing from the mine uh, about any uh, sort of rekindling of their ideas. And uh, as and when we do, uh, I'm sure the community would be informed as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, one more question. There are some committee meetings coming up tomorrow. Um, one, I believe it was in the, the bylaw report that you're going to be receiving. Talked a little bit about nuisance properties. Uh, there was a an article this week as well, which I think is gaining a little traction. Nine properties along Columbia Street West being designated as nuisance properties. Um, that's according to that uh, report, like I said, is coming forward tomorrow, uh, including some motels um, near the Beatty Elementary School, which has, of course, been a topic of uh, concern here recently with some lockdowns having to occur at that uh, particular school in relation to some properties in the area. Do you What, what are you hoping to see comes of this? Like we're declaring a pros property a nuisance property, it compels the owner to pay for costs um, associated with, uh, you know, why it's a nuisance property, but uh, what are you hoping to see come out of this? Is, do you think it'll make a difference? Yeah, you know, I, I do, and and we don't take this lightly. Uh, you know, we have a committee that reviews uh, each one of these properties and their uh, uh, history in terms of involvement with uh, police, fire, and bylaws. And when the behaviors on the properties get so egregious that we're sending crews there all of the time, uh, it's not fair for the rest of the taxpayers of the city to be paying for that. And uh, people need to either clean up their properties or start paying for the services that are being uh, required to be delivered there. And so that's what's happened, uh, you know, in that particular stretch and elsewhere in the community. And, uh, you know, those, uh, you know, property owners, I I'm hoping would, uh, you know, see uh, that this is going to either be something they want to correct or they're going to start paying dearly for uh, the number of times we have to roll equipment and, and manpower to their locations. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for the time as always. Appreciate this and, and have a great rest of your Wednesday. Thank you very much. All right. That was the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian.